Finding myself at a loss for words And the funny thing is It's okay The last thing I need Is to be heard But to hear What you would say Word of God speak you pour down like rain Washing my eyes to see Your majesty To be still and know That you're in this place Please let me stay and rest In your holiness Word of God speak Well, 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 good morning, Southview. How are we? All right, all right. Great to have you with us here today. Hey, do me a favor. If you are from the north, if you could take your weather back, that would be awesome. We, we want you here. We do not want that trash. You need to take that. There's a reason we live in the south. Um, and so, but the good thing about being in North Carolina, hang out for a couple of days, it's going to be back in the 70s. All right, so that's the good thing. So, but thank you so much for being here today. If you're a guest with us, welcome. My name is Brad. I'm the pastor here at Southview, and it's so wonderful to have you here today worshiping the Lord with us. Hey, as we jump in together, I got a few quick announcements I want to throw your way. Uh, we call them our big three for the week. These are the three big ways that you can practically be connected with the body life here at Southview. Just some practical things that you can do. One is this. Men's breakfast. We have a men's breakfast coming up February 10th at 8 o'clock. Text the word BACON to 910-424-1298 to sign up for that, all right? Um, really looking forward to that. It's going to be a great way for us as men to kick off 2024 together, seeing what it means to work out our salvation uh, with fear and trembling in the Lord, helping one another do that. So come be a part of that, guys. Sign up. You're not going to want to miss it. Second, Baptism. That's February 11th. February 11th, we're going to have a baptism. We already got a whole group of people signed up and ready to go. Text the word baptism to our number, 910-424-1298 to sign up for that. And then third, our kids are going to have a snowball fight. 
That is going to be there on February 10th as well, um, between 5 to 7 in the FLC for our elementary age. If you want to sign up for that, text the word snowball to our number. So what this is, is uh, they're not actually throwing snowballs at one another. They're going to do socks, right? They're going to make it this whole big um, snowball fight thing with forts and stuff with socks. And so here's what we want to do with that. We would like for you to donate adult socks. All right. The kids are going to use that as kind of snowballs to have a little uh, 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 party with one another. And then we're going to wash those socks and give them to our homeless ministry to give out on Friday nights. So it's a great opportunity for you to be able to give and then a good fun thing for our kids to do as well. So give some socks to that. All right. Give some socks to that so our kids can have fun. If you want your kid to be a part of that, text the word snowball to 910-424-1298 to sign up for that. And then for all our other announcements, everything we have going on, Download our app, iTunes or Google Play. That's how you stay connected. You can find things, sign up for events, find a small group, find previous sermons, download the messages, for the, the uh, notes for today's sermon, all of that through the app. It is your one-stop shop for staying connected here at Southview. So download that app and use that. You can also give online through the app or in the giving boxes as you leave, whatever works best for you. And if you are a guest with us today, I would love for you to do two things for me, okay? Number one, grab your phone and text the word CONNECT to our number, all right? 910-424-1298. Text the word CONNECT. We'll send you a link, tap on that, answer a couple of questions just so we can know who you are and know how to minister to you. Second thing I'd love for you to do at the end of service today, please meet my wife and I at the welcome desk in the back. We'd love to just put a name with a face and just uh, get to know you a little bit better. So if you're a guest with us, do those two things. Text CONNECT to 910-424-1298 and meet my wife and I in the back after the service. I'd appreciate that. Now for all of us as we jump into worship together. I want to read a scripture to us. So uh, as we get into our sermon later today, we're going to be in Hebrews chapter 10, and I want to read one of the verses just to kind of get us going in that direction. Um, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 says, And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Um, What this scripture is getting at, and what we're going to see today is... um, You and I cannot grow to full maturity in Christ without each other. I need you and you need me. And this is telling us, let us consider, let us think deeply. Let's really ask the good question of how can we better stir one another up? How can I be more involved with your life? How can I let you be more involved with my life? How do we do this? So I want to encourage you here today as we go through this time, as you come here on Sunday mornings, yes, we want you to sit and be ministered to uh, by the music. We want you to um, be ministered to by the message. Uh, But it's not just a spectator sport, all right? This isn't just you gathering and listening. We want you engaged. So here's how you get engaged. As we're going through our worship time together, if God brings someone to your mind to pray for, go over and do that. Just go over to them. You have total freedom to do that. Um, As you're walking through the halls, and you see someone, encourage them. Uh, At the end of our service today, when we take some time singing and praying, again, same thing, if someone comes to your mind, go to them. We had that happen this morning. Someone came up uh, to my wife uh, uh, at the end of the previous service and just said, God, just kind of laid your mark and just pray for you for a minute. She said, absolutely. 
this is how we're stirring one another up. It's not just you sitting and me talking, but it's, it's collectively together we're seeking to stir one another up. So I want to encourage you to do this. Come on Sunday mornings looking for ways and opportunities to engage with one another, encourage one another, stir one another up. This is, we need one another. We need the body. So I want to encourage you to bow your heads for me. I want to pray for us that God would, would stir up in us the desire to stir up one another. So Lord, I know that for many of us, it is really, really, really tempting to just come and sit and leave. And that's a simple thing, and that's not a bad thing, I understand, and, and being ministered to and hearing from the Word, and that's good. But I, I pray, God, that we as a body will take the next step to be a group of people that seeks to stir one another up. Stir one another up to love and good works. Helping one another grow in you. Taking responsibility for one another. Because you are a great and glorious God. And we want to see all that you could possibly do in us. And we can't reach that without one another. So God, I pray that we'll take that seriously. And we'll pursue that in one another's lives. To see you fulfill all your great glory in us. Thank you, Jesus. We pray this in your name. Amen. Hey, let's stand together, guys, as we worship Jesus.
seated. Oh, amen. Amen. Hey, if you have a Bible, let's find Hebrews chapter 10 together, all right? Hebrews 10, we're going to pick it up in verse 19 here in just a couple of minutes. Real quick, before we do that, a couple of things I want to throw your way. One, today um, at 6 o'clock, uh, we're going to have a... Uh, an interest meeting for anyone who would like to find out more about our Every Man a Warrior groups. Those are our men's Bible studies that gather um, uh, to um, really help help put flesh and bone on what it actually means to live as a disciple of Jesus. Uh, and so as we talk today about stirring one another up to love and good works, this is one of the ways that, that we do that. And so if you're interested in that, men, uh, that's going to be at 6 o'clock today. It doesn't matter if you haven't signed up or anything. You still just come. It's going to be at the back of the house, um, either a youth room or FLC. It's been one of those. Um, so just head back there. Um, so come find out, again, just basic stuff. It just teaches you how to, how to have a quiet time, how to pray, how to love your wife and love your kids, and how to figure out a new path when you jacked it up already. And all those really just actual important things of how to be a disciple of Jesus. And so, gentlemen, I encourage you to, to come and be a part of that. In fact, um, ladies, if you'd like to come and just learn about it yourself, you're more than welcome to. You just kind of want to know what these groups are and what uh, your husband might be um, walking through and learning. So you can come be a part of that at 6 o'clock uh, today. Second, before we jump in, I want to take just a minute for us as a congregation. I just want us to pray for a moment. Um, so uh, being a church our size, uh, we're always, we always have people who are walking through various difficulties and trials in life. We've had, um, I think, four uh, funerals either in our church or connected with our church just this week. Um, we have uh, numerous families who are walking through serious um, issues um, health-wise with various members of their family. It's just a lot going on. Um, I know uh, one, Siri just said, I don't understand. Well, I'm explaining if you'd be quiet. Um, and uh, one uh, specifically I'll bring up to you, um, uh, uh, Julia McNeil, um, her parents, Ben and Linda, uh, part of our church here. So Julia, she's uh, in the Air Force, and she was um, having a change of station. She was going from Texas to Arizona, um, driving there, and had a very, very serious car accident uh, last week. And... Um, and been in the hospital um, and had to have um, some more surgery. Just a lot going on with her. Um, ben and Linda are there seeking to just be there with her and take care of her. I, I just want to take some time and, and, and pray, um, w whether it be that or someone else that you may be aware of um, in your life that's in need of prayer. I just want to take just a minute and do this. I want to give you a second. Just bow your heads for me. I want to give you a second and pray. Again, one of these ways that we stir one another up to love and good works is to pray for one another. And so I want to encourage you, whether it's something that I've mentioned or something completely separate that you're aware of that I don't even know, take just a minute and pray. And don't pray for yourself. All right? Ask the Lord to give you someone else to be praying for. And, uh, and just lift them up before the Lord. This is one of the ways, again, that we stir one another up. So take just a minute and, and you pray. God, this is our desire that we would 
care for one another and, and help stir one another up to love you and love each other and walk in your ways. And I pray, God, that, that all of the different situations and individuals that have been lifted up here right now at this moment, I, I don't have a clue what all of them are. But, God, I thank you that you do. None of it escapes you. You already know. And you are there. I pray, God, that, that we would know that. I pray, God, that we would understand that prayer is not just this obligatory thing that we do, but it really is powerful. So I pray, God, that we will be people of, of much prayer as we lift up um, those in our lives who are in need. And I pray, God, for these, God, that you would just be glorified, um, that much will be done um, for your glory, that you would be ma- made much of, and that we would see your hand moving in the midst of all of it. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. We trust you. We pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Again, if you have a Bible, let's find Hebrews uh, chapter 10 together. Okay, so so we're in a series um, about mission and vision, about who we are as a congregation, what God has called us to be, who God's called us to be, what God has called us to do. And what I've said to you is that our mission statement here at Southview is that Southview seeks to fulfill the Great Commission by discipling people to worship Christ as their greatest treasure, nurture a relationship with Christ and others, and be a witness for Christ in the world. God's given us a mission. We see this in Matthew chapter 28, the Great Commission, to make disciples, to teach people how to live as true followers of Jesus. Um, And the way that we're explaining that here at Southview, the language that we're using are these three words, worship, nurture, witness. And our desire is in this to boil down as best we can, as simply as we can, of what does it mean to be a disciple. So what we told you is a basic core point of being a disciple of Jesus is that you worship Jesus as your greatest treasure. Matthew 22, Jesus says, the greatest commandment is that you love God with all that you have. And so a basic core point, a foundational truth of being a disciple of Jesus is that you love God with your heart, soul, mind, and strength, that you worship Him as your greatest treasure and that your entire life then revolves around that. Today we're going to see another part of this. That a disciple seeks to nurture a relationship with Christ and others. What I want us to see today is a core point, a foundational truth of being a disciple of Jesus is that you actively seek to nurture a greater love for Jesus and others and allow them to nurture that in you as well. This is foundational. This has to happen. If you're a disciple of Jesus, this is something that must be true of you. This is something as a church of Jesus Christ that must be true of our church. I Forget being a pastor. I, Brad Lynch, I need to be a part of a church that will be this for me and for my family. That will seek to nurture us into a greater love for Jesus. You need this for each other. You and your family need to be a part of a church that takes this seriously, that actually believes that it is a commandment of God that they actively seek to help you nurture a greater love for Jesus and allow you to nurture a greater love in them as well. So the passage we're going to be looking at today is Hebrews chapter 10, 19 through 25. Let's just read that together, all right? Hebrews 10, 19. 
Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. So the main point of this passage is going to be that uh, if someone becomes a Christian, then certain things will happen as a result of that, right? If you are a Christian, then there are certain things that will happen. Because this is true of Jesus and true of you, now as a result, these things are going to take place. So you see that as we kind of, if we work our way back to the passage, I just want you to see it sets it up as sort of a, since this is true, then let us do this. And you're going to see that in the passage. I'm going to show it to you. Since this is true of Jesus, as a result of that, because that's true of Jesus, as a result, let us do certain things, right? Because you're a Christian, there are certain things that just should be true of you, right? So you see this in the passage. Verse 19. Since we have confidence to enter the holy places. Verse 21. Since we have a great high priest over the house of God. Since those things are true. Verse 22. Let us draw near with a true heart. Verse 23, let us hold fast the confession of our hope. Verse 24, let us consider how to stir up one another. The point is, if Jesus is who he says he is, and if he really is alive and in you, as a result of that, things should be different. If you plant an apple seed, you will get apples. If you plant an orange seed, you will get oranges. If you plant grape seed, you will get grapes. And if you're going to say that Jesus Christ, God himself, has been planted in you by faith, the result of that must be that a new changed life grows out from that. If you're going to say that Jesus Christ lives in you, yet there is no significant change in your life, we're going to have a problem there, right? That's, that's going to be an issue. And, and I would say just real quick before you can jump into to the, the point for our, us, us today, if today you're sitting here and you're saying, I'm saying that I'm a Christian, but you can't look at your life and pick anything in your life that would say I'm different because in that way, we probably need to grab coffee this week, okay? Because there's a really good shot you're not saved. Because if Jesus has been placed in you, now that you become perfect, you still sin, you still struggle, you still have doubts, right? All the things. But there should be a changed life, right? That's just a thing that should happen. Since this is true, let us do these things, right? And that's what he's getting at here. So let's unpack this again just real quick. Uh, so what is this seed of salvation that's placed in us? Look at verse 19. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is through his flesh, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God. So what's he saying the senses? What, what's, what is he saying that, that, that to happen? 
Through the sacrifice of Jesus, his death, his burial, his resurrection, because of this, we now have complete and total access to God. We are forgiven, we are made new, we are totally different, and literally the presence of God is inside of us. So in the Old Testament, the presence of God was represented on earth in the Holy of Holies, in the tabernacle, and then later in the temple. And there was this curtain that separated the Holy of Holies from the rest of the, the facility. And the high priest could only go behind that curtain once a year. And that was after extensive ceremonial cleansings and sacrifices and all these things to make sure he was pure and ready to enter into the presence of God. And even after all that, Jewish tradition says that they would tie a rope around the priest when he went in. And they would put, he'd be carrying bells as well, so that if they heard the bells stop ringing, they knew he probably dropped dead, they'd drag him out. And you got to figure that he learned that the hard way, right? Somebody's like, Bob's been in there a long time. I should go check on him. And they were like, oh, now Bob and Joe are both dead, right? So somebody's like, we should totally tie a rope around that guy. And the point of this passage is, As great and glorious and amazing as the presence of God is, through Jesus Christ, he he pulled down that curtain. In fact, if you read the Gospels, literally it's interesting. uh, It says that um, when Jesus died, the curtain in the temple was torn. Right? Physically, it was torn. Just like spiritually, it's been torn, and we now have access to the Father. So the idea is, again, the God of this universe, The God of all creation that said, let there be light, and there was. That God now lives and dwells inside of you and me. And as a result of that, there are some things that should be different. And and so verse 22 starts to unpack some of those. Verse 22, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. 24, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. So with perfect cleansing available to us, we can now draw near to God in a way that was never thought imaginable before. The work of Jesus makes us able to draw near with a full assurance of faith, completely clean, totally new. Our bodies are now able to live in a certain way that brings glory and honor to God. And then 23 is going to say, because Jesus has done all of this, we can grab a hold of faith and not let go with full confidence, full assurance. Not because we're strong, but because Jesus is strong. Because he is mighty, I know that I can stand. So then in verse 24, we get to what I want us to focus on today. So again, because these things are true of Jesus, these things should be true of us. And there's one specific thing I want us to focus on, verse 24 and 25. Because these things are true, because we've been made new in Jesus, we must interact with the body different. right? Because Jesus has made us new, we now have to live new. And one of the ways we live new is how we interact with the body. So verse 25, or 24 and 25. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Again, the point of this passage is that 
Becoming a follower of Jesus changes the way you live. And specifically, it changes the way you interact with God's people. Um, Romans 12, 5 and Ephesians 4, 25 say that when we become Christians, we literally become members of one another. You're not just saved out of your sin, you're saved into a family. Christianity, your walk with Christ, is personal, but it is not private. And I need you to hear that. This is a great lie of Western Christianity. Your walk with Christ is personal to you, but it is not private to you. If you are genuinely a follower of Christ, your walk with Christ is our business. And if that makes you uncomfortable, there are other churches that will not walk after that. You can find one. We have to care. We have to care. Your soul means too much for us to go, well, that's their business. Who am I to say, right? I mean, who am I to say? Gosh. Are you their brother? Are you their sister? Do do you care? Yes, your relationship is personal, but it is not private just to you. It matters to the body. Which is why it tells us here that we're to interact with one another in a very specific way. Um, I want to boil this down before we jump into the rest of the text. Okay, so the truth is I forget half of what I say also, so don't expect you to remember it. So as I pray through a sermon, I try to pray through, okay, what's one big thing? If when it's all said and done, if they forget everything that I say, which is totally likely, what is one thing? If everybody walked out and had one thing stuck in their brain, what would I want for that to be? And here's what it is. If there's one big takeaway for today, I want everyone to get. We need one another. We need each other. I need you. You need me. You need one another. We have. We have to have one another. When we hide, when we keep the church at arm's length, when we are afraid of what others may think of us if they found out the truth, when we live like that, it will only go bad. It only goes bad. God gave us the body for a reason. And, and, and I'll go even farther than that. I'll, I'll make a very serious statement that I've thought actually a lot about this week. And, I, and, I, and I've thought very carefully about every word that I'm going to say because I don't want it. <clears throat> it's, there are people that aren't going to like it. And so I just want to make sure that when, when I get that response, I want to be able to go, I understand, but I really meant it. Um, it is absolutely impossible. It is impossible for you to grow to full maturity in Christ without being intentionally connected with the body of Christ. You can't do it. You can't. Listen, I've been going to church since nine months before I was born. You'll get that at lunch. So that's like 45 years and some change. And I've been a pastor for 23 of those years. Um. And the truth is this, I can say with absolute confidence, 100% confidence, I have never, ever met 
a mature follower of Jesus Christ who did not make it a part of their life that they were going to be a part of the gathering of God's people every Sunday. I've never met a mature Christian that did not have that as their life. I have never met a mature Christian who did not intentionally carve out time to gather with a small group of people in a Bible study kind of format to pray for one another, encourage one another, study the Bible together. I've never met a mature Christian who looked at that and said, no, I don't need that. Never met one. I have never in my life met a mature Christian that did not use the gifts God given them to serve the body. Never met a one. I've never met a mature Christian that was given the opportunity to serve and just said no. I've never met that mature Christian. Now, I've met a lot of immature people that did those things. I've talked to a lot of people who aren't nearly as far along in the Lord as they think they are who do those things. But mature believers don't do that. They just don't. Because they understand a very simple truth. It is impossible for you to grow to full maturity in Christ without being intentionally connected with the body of Christ. You can't do it. We need each other. In fact, as you look in that verse 24, where it says, let us consider how to stir up one another. That phrase, one another, it's a Greek word, elion. Um, it's mentioned over 100 times in the New Testament. Over 100 times. And the idea is reciprocal. Like one another. I'm doing something for you, and you're doing the exact same thing for me, and it's, it's circular, right? We're doing it for one another. And the Bible is going to teach us that the only way that you and I are growing in Christ is if we're one anothering each other. Let me give you just a few of them. Again, there are over 100. I'll give you just a handful of what the Bible says that we are to one another for each other, okay? We are to love one another, be devoted to one another, honor one another above yourselves, live in harmony with one another, build up one another, be like-minded towards one another, accept one another, admonish one another, greet one another, Care for one another, serve one another, bear one another's burdens, forgive one another, be patient with one another, speak the truth in love to one another, be kind and compassionate to one another, submit to one another, look for, out to the interest of one another, bear with one another, teach one another, comfort one another, encourage one another, exhort one another, show hospitality to one another, use your God-given gifts for the benefit of one another, clothe yourselves with humility towards one another, pray for one another, confess your sins to one another. You see over and over and over in the Bible, one another, one another, one another, one another. This is why we say a main Parts of the mission of Southview Baptist Church is that we would raise up disciples of Jesus that seek to nurture a relationship with Christ in others. It is biblical. You cannot be a fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ and not do this. You just can't. We try hard. We want to make sure that we push away all the superfluous things and just get down to the very heart of it. And the bottom line is you cannot be a fully devoted disciple of Jesus Christ and not seek to nurture a greater love for Jesus in others and allow them to nurture that in you as well. We need each other. 
So real quick, let's look at verses 24 and 25. And I just want to unpack it just for a minute and, and just ask some questions for you to consider, okay? So again, 24 and 25, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging uh, but, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So a couple of quick questions as we look at this text, okay? First is this that I want you to kind of ask yourself. Do you give serious thought and intention to your involvement in this church? Uh, verse 24 begins with that phrase, and let us consider how the word consider means to think about something carefully and attentively, to fix your mind on something. Consider how. Um, many people are rather thoughtless in their church involvement. We show up when we show up, and we don't show up when we don't show up. And we're involved when we're involved, and we're not involved when we're not involved. But verse 24 here of Hebrews 10 says that that's not the way that we should be doing We should be intentionally, actively thinking of ways that we can be greater involved with the body of Christ because we believe it matters. Do you intentionally think through? Do you intentionally make plans as to how you're going to be better involved with the body of Christ? Would you ever say no to something because it would interfere with your involvement here? Would you tell your kids no to something because it's going to interfere with their involvement here? What Hebrews 10.24 says is that we must intentionally consider these things. Think through it. Don't just float in and float out, guys. There's more at stake here. Will you intentionally think about how you're going to be engaged? Um, but then intentionally think about something specifically. The next one. Intentionally think, intentionally consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. And so the question that I want to ask is, do you put yourself in situations that allow you to be stirred and to stir others? Um, the word stir up means to incite or irritate. Um, it actually could be positive and negative. This word is only used twice in the New Testament, once positively here in Hebrews 10, and once negatively in the book of Acts, where um, people are just kind of getting on each other's nerves. <laughs> I'm just going to irritate it. The Bible says that we are to actively seek. <laughs> so if someone gets on you and like, hey, look, the Bible tells me I'm supposed to irritate you. What do you want me to say? Um, but in all seriousness, I want you to think about this. Two thoughts. Um, when you think about this idea of, of stirring one another up. Number one, we're to stir one another up to love and good works. So I want you to hear me. Love and good works do not magically happen for you. You are not going to wake up tomorrow and magically love people better. It's not going to happen. You're not going to wake up tomorrow and magically do good works for God. It's not going to happen. Like the Bible says, it doesn't work that way. We need each other to stir us up, encourage us, push us forward in this. So my question for you is, do you put yourself in situations? Do you intentionally put yourself in situations that will give other people the opportunity to stir you up and will give you an opportunity to stir them up? We need each other. 
You want to grow in love? This is how you do it. You want to grow in good works? This is how you do it. You have to intentionally put yourself around other Christians who will stir and push to love and good works. The second thing I want you to see, and I think this is an important point. I want you to notice that being stirred up to love and good works, catch this can often be very, very uncomfortable for us, and we don't like it. Uh, the King James uses the word provoke here. If you got the King James, let us um, uh, consider how to provoke one another to love and good works. I love that word provoke, right? So one point, King Jimmy. I love it. Because when you think about when someone provokes you, what are they doing? Pushing your buttons, right? They're kind of irritating you. They're stirring you up. They're riling you up. And it says here that we are to stir, to agitate, to irritate one another, provoke one another to love and good works. Can I just encourage you just for a quick second? We need to stop leaving churches because someone there irritates us. We need to stop leaving small groups and stop serving in certain ministries because someone there irritates us. It could be God has placed that irritating person in your life as a source for you to grow in love. The only way you grow in love is to be around people who are, watch this, tough to love. It's like working out. I know it's January, so some of you still go to the gym. It's not February yet. So I can use this analogy now. I can't in February. So you go to the gym, right? How do you get bigger? How do you gain muscle mass? You, you have to intentionally make your, your body is pushing against something, right? You're pushing against weight. Your, your, your gravity or weight or whatever is, is trying to work against you. And you push against that. And the more you do that, the bigger you become. Same thing with love. You have to push against the desire to not love. Um, another one I want you to see, look at verse 25. It also tells us to not neglect to meet together as is the habit of some. So I want to ask you a question. Have you practically turned your back on the body of Christ? I'm not asking if you're literally turned your back on the body and no longer meet together because you're sitting in this room right now. But the word meet together It's more than just you gather at the same time in the same place and you sit in a room together. When it says meet together, it means coming together as one. And for many of us, you you sit in this room, but you do not come together as a body. You come and you sit, but you don't really become one. And that's what it's saying here. Don't neglect. The word neglect means to abandon, to turn your back on something, to leave it behind. Don't turn your back on being one. And and I think it's really important as well to kind of get the the context here in Hebrews. Hebrews is written to a group of Jewish Christians who are having a very difficult time. They're being persecuted. They're being mistreated. They're being harassed. People that they love who said they wanted to follow Jesus have fallen away and left the church. And these people are discouraged. 
And you're starting to ask the question, do I want to stay? Do I want to keep doing this? Do I want to keep pursuing the Lord? And what the writer here is telling them is, look, don't neglect the gathering together. Don't neglect the coming together as one like a lot of people have done. Don't do that. There's something great here. There's something worth it here. Don't run away. It's so weird that, listen, just like with these Christians a couple thousand years ago for us, discouragement in church will be the thing that keeps you away from the one thing that you need most, fellowship in the church. And I have no doubt there are people here that have been wounded and busted up by church. And I get it. I, 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 I know what it's like to have church hurt. And I've been lied about and gossiped about. I've, I have been maligned. Um, I, uh, I understand. I've got, I've got stories and the scars to back them up. And I would be lying to you if I did not say there were times in my life where I honestly thought, is this worth it? I mean, do I want to keep doing this? But here I am. And the reason that I'm continuing to do this is because I genuinely believe that the Bible teaches that there is something powerful and glorious and healing and amazing in the people of God. I believe that. And we may be jacked up and dysfunctional and irritating. But I believe the people of God, the church of God, as flawed and weak and as sometimes hypocritical we might be, it is still the most glorious and amazing place in the world. And if you want to experience the power of God in a profound way, you have to experience it among the people of God. This, this is the unique vessel in which God has created to pour out His Spirit on us. Do not neglect that. Some have done so, and it is to their harm, their detriment. Don't do that. And then he ends, not only don't neglect coming together, but when you come together, encourage one another. So when you gather as a church here, do you attend church for what you and your family can get out of it only? How different would Sunday mornings be if when we gathered here today, we all walked through this building looking for opportunities to encourage one another. Again, one of those one another's, the Bible would say, outdo one another in honor. How different would a church be if the people within that church believed that it is a command of God for them to show up here on a Sunday morning seeking to outdo one another in encouraging and showing honor? I'm going to encourage you. No, no, I'm going to encourage you. Oh, I see your encouragement, and I raise you. Can I just ask a quick question? 
Who wouldn't want to be a part of that church? I know I do. <laughs> That's awesome. Right? That's the kind of place where you go to bed on Saturday night going, can't wait, man. I'm going to get together with God's people tomorrow. <laughs> and it is going to be amazing. Because I'm going to try to encourage them. And I know they're going to try to encourage me. And we're going to want another each other till we just coming out of our ears. This is why we need this. And it ends in verse 25 saying, we are to do this all the more as you see the day drawing near. The day is the return of Jesus. And so basically what he's saying is this. As we get closer and closer and closer to the return of Jesus, you need the church more and more and more than ever before. Tomorrow we're one day closer to Jesus coming back than we are today. So you know what that means? You need the church more tomorrow than you even did today. There should never be a decline in your church engagement. It should only go up because the closer we get to Jesus coming back, the more you need the church. The more you gather with his people. This is why we say in our mission that Southview is seeking to make disciples who nurture a relationship with Christ and others. We need each other. We need each other. Real quick, let me give you some practical things. So what I want to do is, is shepherd and lead. And so how do we practically do this? So let me just give you a few thoughts, okay? Um, one is this. My encouragement, number one, is make it a regular part of your life that you're just going to be here on Sunday mornings. Just start there, all right? Let's don't overthink it. Still make it bigger. Make it a regular part of your life that you're just going to be here. You block that out. It's just the way it goes. I want to be there. This is where we are. Right? That's one. Um, two, make a commitment that you're going to be a part of a small group. We call them journey groups here because we believe they're the little groups we get together to help us journey through life. Right? Be a part of a group. One you can be a part of is the Every Man and Warrior groups. Again, that's tonight at 6. You can come be a part of that. The point of these groups, again, is just a small group of people to come together to encourage one another, pray for one another, help one another, stir up one another to love and good works. Um, something else I encourage you to do is just serve. Serve. Use the gifts God's given you to serve the body in some way. There are numerous service opportunities. Pick one. Just pick one. Serve the body. Um, another one that I would encourage you is covenant membership. We're in the middle of our membership um, round right now. We'll start another one up here in a couple of months. Every time, in fact, it happened just this week at someone that's a, a, a part of the membership class right now. Just after week one, he came to me and he said, I never knew membership was this amazing. I I've been in church my whole life. I never knew it was this big. That happens literally every time. In fact, I would even encourage this. If you're a member here, but you've been a member for a while, and you haven't gone through the new membership class that we have, next time around, I'd encourage you to sign up and go through it just to be encouraged with what membership really means and how it impacts your life. Listen, does the Bible say Thou shalt be in a journey group on Wednesday night? No. Does the Bible say thou shalt serve in the kids' ministry? No, it does not say that. 
Does the Bible say you got to go through our three-week membership class? No. What the Bible does say is that we must think seriously and deeply about how we're going to stir one another up to love and serve and work for Jesus. That we must stop neglecting coming together like we have so often the habit to do. And we must seek to encourage and build up and, li- and, 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 and serve one another more and more and more as we see Jesus on the horizon. And these are just practical ways we try to help you do that. That's all. That's it. They're just practical ways that we try to help you do what God has told you to do. So I want to ask you to bow your heads for me. And, and as we end our time here together, the band is going to lead us in. And I, I'm going to ask you just to stay seated. You don't have to stand and sing. They're just going to sing over us. And I want to encourage you to take some time here this morning and just ask God to show you. Are there any areas in your life where um, you need to be more engaged with the body? How would God have you do this? Take some time today, just prayerfully do that first part. Prayerfully just stop and think and consider how, what's the next step for you to better stir one another up to love and good works and allow yourself to be in a situation so others can stir you up to love and good works. God, we just thank you. We thank you that you could have you could have brought us to full maturity in you any way you wanted to. You could have just struck us with a holy light and bold and it would have been done. But God, in your perfect wisdom, you chose to have us be dependent on other people in order to grow in spiritual maturity. God, you perfectly, wisely chose to do that. So that has to mean there's a reason for it. We need one another. I pray today that that truth is cemented into our hearts. People in this room may not know exactly what the next step is going to be, how they're going to do that, what that looks like, but I pray at the least today, What is settled in our hearts is that we need each other and we cannot grow to full maturity in Christ without one another. Thank you, Jesus. Draw us together as a body. We pray this in your name. Amen.
Amen. Hey, listen, before we end our time here this morning, I want to uh, introduce you to some people. So if you're on the worship pastor search team, could you come up? Uh, I think we have some behind me. Earl, Jenny, Jessica's coming down. All right. Um, We want to take just some time here today and introduce to you the um, worship pastor search team. So uh, this group, we got Tim coming on that end and then Jessica coming down. Uh, So this group is um, setting off on the task to help us search for um, our next worship pastor. You can find the job description for this position on the welcome desk in the back. Uh, You're welcome to grab that so you know how to be praying for us as we walk through this task. Um, But I just want to encourage you just so you can know who these folk are, know who's on this team, be praying for them as they go off on this task. Our understanding uh, as we've talked through this already and been in prayer for this, we know that God has already chosen for us who this individual is. Um, and so we're not so much searching out a person as much as we're just coming together seeking God and trusting that God's going to show us who he wants, right? And so that's ultimately what uh, this team is, is desiring to do. So if you just could pray for them, and we're going to do that right now. I want to pray for them. I encourage you to pray for us as well uh, as we're going off on this task, and we'll be sure to keep you updated and posted uh, as the progress goes on, okay? But let's just lift this team up to the Lord, okay? Jesus, we just thank you. I thank you for these, these wonderful folk who are willing to take time and energy from their already busy lives to help serve our church in this way, um, to, um, to put together uh, a process of really just seeking you, God, asking you that you would make clear for us um, who you have. And we know without a doubt you've already done that. We know that you already know the end before the beginning ever starts. So Lord, we pray right now for that individual. We pray, God, for him and for his family, God, that you'll start now preparing them, uh, that you would be preparing us, and that when the time is right and your will is perfect, you'll bring us together, and it will bring much glory and honor to you. We thank you for this, Jesus. Give us wisdom as we seek you in your direction. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Hey, God bless you guys. We love you. Have a wonderful week, and we'll see you next Sunday.